Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first podcast of the new year. We made it here. Yep. 2021. This is Digital Digital Get Down. I'm Heather. And I am Bennett. <laughs> Can't even remember your own name. And normally we pick a new theme song for the new year, but... Oh, yeah, we didn't do that, did nah. we? Okay. I'm going to stick with the, the sick beats we got. Uh, isn't the whole point of 2021 to just, like, give yourself grace? Isn't that what we're supposed there to say? There you go, my grace. It's your grace. <laughs> <sighs> we'll get into it later. I'll give you a clue of what we're talking about today. If if you've got your uh, finger on the pulse of pop culture, Ooh, you probably know what we're referencing. Um, so we have a triple feature. Did you know we had a triple feature? I kind of thought we were going to ad-lib everything. I knew what we oh. were talking about. We didn't talk about it, though. I've got notes for a triple what's feature. The, what's the third one? I'll surprise you when we get there. Okay. Uh, so we are going to talk about a TV show, a movie, and a book. Okay. Um, I don't think I actually have any news. Do you have any news to start with? I jotted down two, yes. Okay. Uh, good news. Uh, so I headlined today the Boston Red Sox, who have been problematic in recent time. They hired the first black female coach in their system okay what type of coach bianca is she? smith uh, i think she's going to be a hitting coach at one of the lower levels cool so good for her good for them uh my bad news was that was good news that we beat spyro reignited on the mm. playstation 4 my the bad side of it is how bad spyro 3 is and what a fucking frustrating game and yes. and activity that became that was not enjoyment at the end it was just like pure spite like we just yeah. need to finish this game to get to 100 percent. and like spyro is such an easy game to be a completionist on because like each level has x number of gems, gems are and, there they're asking uh, to be found and oh we spent so much time looking for like one lost gem and trying to figure oh. out which wall to bust through and that fucking skateboarding level yeah i've never felt lower than when i when i go onto youtube and i'm like i'm gonna to have to sit through an 18 minute walkthrough of this whole fucking level for two gems yeah. It's... Oh, they're in the they're in the green lava that you can't actually jump into. That makes perfect sense. And to... all the mini games. Oh my god. Oh, they were bad. It was clearly like a an experiment that the developers were like, we're working on a bunch of other games. We don't have time to do Spyro, but let's see if any of these work in the in the game. They were poorly tested. Some of them were way too easy. Some of them were way too hard. Also, the levels oh. were just really racist. Yeah. More so this game than other games. Right. Uh, I don't a lot know. Of if... Indigenous type peoples and i don't know if they like lost the good programmers after spyro 2 yeah and they had all the shitty ones left or what but uh game wise and content wise it was not great <laughs> so if you happen to have spyro remastered just pretend there's only two yeah because the last one was good not advice. worth it my bad news in that vein is going to be that the game of life the board yes. game is not fun as adults man you were amped up you're like let's, that get, was let's like get life out my favorite game as a kid my brother likes monopoly and I liked the game of life. Yeah. God, it's depressing as an adult. I mean, Monopoly was boring as a kid and is probably depressing as an adult as well. But, yeah, life, well, I mean, it's especially bad when you're playing with two people. Mm. <laughs> Do very bored husband and wife yeah. who have an actual house and child together. Right. Um, but, yeah, the stops along the way, like when you collect money, there's a little bit of a, a dopamine Having thrill. Having to, like, buy house insurance. Insurance, fuck, yeah. And, like, the different things you step on, you um, stop on where it's, like, 
spend a thousand dollars on new furniture it's like oh can't consider like, a career realistic. change right now i don't know what's happening yeah i and then it's not even fun because i'm just like well would i really want to be a superstar like the whole point is you're supposed to like get to be right. a pro athlete and like this buy whatever a... house and then i got the <laughs> shitty house reasonable. you were really sad about that house yeah cheers mate heather's finishing off her new year's cheers. beverages that was a terrible cheer sound Yes, we were up at midnight um, in a bad way last night mm. with the crying baby, so uh, we did not actually have Shout very... out to, to Hulu for offering a, a Times Square option for those of us ad? who don't, who, who have cut all forms of cable. Uh, the actual countdown was a Kia ad. The rest of the Hulu streaming was just uh, the In Memoriam segment uh, to infinity, just in an in an uh, infinite loop, which was very very tough to watch. Did you miss the death? Here's the more death. Yeah. Yikes! I think we all had enough of death in 2020 mm. uh, with the COVID numbers. I don't think we needed the in memoriam. Yeah. In is it in memoriam or in just, memoriam? Just just mutter it, just like yeah. alma mater. Alma mater. Um, I guess my good news, if we're gonna do games, good news is that yeah. I still am amazing at card games. Card games. Yep. What? I thought and you were going to talk. I thought you were going to talk about Subnautica or some of the other oh, games. Oh no, I'm not. Game games were playing. Um, that one was fun when I was just the beginning levels, where I just mm. got to like dive around and like catch fish and and like try and find cool gems. And now yeah. I'm at the point where like I need to actually do the mission. Yeah. And it's turned into just like a crafting game, which has yes. never been my favorite thing. Man, so many things in video games are just crafting things hidden and, as disguised as other things. And struggling with like the size of your bag, like. If there is one thing I want <laughs> to suspend disbelief on in a video game, it's that I just can carry infinite things. I don't that want. That would be your favorite cheat code. Would be I don't want unlimited storage. to like have to know that I can only carry like it's six lithium rocks. It's kind of realistic for you in real life, though. Or is that a little too close to home? As being a hoarder or your a phone bag? storage? Oh, I'm phone storage is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a real life cheat code, it would be just infinite storage that yeah. somebody else sorted through for me and yeah. like deleted the stuff I didn't want. And in video games, it would just be like, there's so much you have to suspend your disbelief for in like Witcher right. and in Subnautica. Or like, just the why? fact that they let you carry all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 that's too much. You though. can't have one more diamond <laughs> because you already have 87. Plus I'm carrying on like, your wetsuit. all these tools on me. <laughs> and yet I can't carry like one more piece of seaweed. It makes no sense. No. So yeah, why do they keep insisting on that? I don't know. Yeah. So not to, not to insert an ad right here, but... I did decide, was it last night, that I'm going to go pro on YouTube? I'm going to try to get... <laughs> I think I told you mm. I would buy the house from About Time yes. if you went pro on you went viral on YouTube. Is that for... how it came about? Yes. Anyways. Um... Wait, was this one for your gaming or for your, your Lord covers? Oh, do you think people would like me on Twitch? No. <laughs> I don't. don't think so. I think they might like me when I'm being funny. Yeah. On a game. Can you have can you have two people talking at once, I wonder? I think just still nobody would listen. I don't okay. think it matters. Um so yeah, for some reason I don't even remember now. I wasn't drunk, but I, I decided that I should sing Lord cover songs on YouTube. I just felt like And I came up with two great name options yeah. for you. Either Good Lord <laughs> or Lord Help Us. So to be to be continued. I won't give you a preview here. It's gonna be subscribers only. Okay. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. It's what you say at the end of a YouTube. Oh my God, are you a noob? No, it's subscribe here. Click the button. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. It's a notification icon. What YouTube things do you watch? <clears throat> okay. 
I guess we're going to dive right into it. We did a super long episode. Let's keep this one tight. You have a lot to say about two of the things we're talking about today, so I don't know yeah. how tight. Let's start with the one thing we can keep tight. Oh, uh, we got to do our end of the year book wrap-ups. That's what oh. I thought we were going to do as book stuff. Okay. What okay. website do we use to track all of our books? Book digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. Perfect day to sign up for it. We're recording here on January 1st. Uh, you can set your new goal. Doing so will actually level you up on book digits. You can um, start even with everybody on the achievements. Everyone's on a blank everyone, slate at the start There's no of the one year. in the Diamond Club right now. It's empty. You can start your reading goal. and See if you how want, much, track your stats as you go this year. If you're like, wow, these people keep talking about this and I've never actually checked it out. Mm-hmm. I did a little tutorial on the book digits Instagram. At so, book digits. At book digits on Instagram. So you can go on and see what the heck we keep talking about on this audio only podcast. Yeah. Are all podcasts audio only? Uh, for a while, they tried to do video podcasts, and I think Isn't they that gave that just up. a YouTube video? Yeah. Or, like, the live radio thing that the sports people used to do that was really sad? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than watching radio, radio like, be made. Like, face for radio is a <laughs> phrase for a reason. Nobody wants to watch it. Uh, so go ahead. Go to your stats, and then go to your year. I know um, how to do it. I just gave a tutorial. So I read 33 books on the year. You read? 73. Wow. How many pages did you read? 18,122. I read 12,374. You read some thick books this year. What was your average page count? 255. Mine was 375. Yeah, okay. I didn't remember Respect. reading thick books. Overstory, you read twice. One, once this year, oh. last year. Uh, indigenous People's History. That was only like two, a couple hundred Wounded pages. Wounded Knee, one you just read. That was long. What was your reading speed then? really bad for me seven days mm. per book oh, mine was 10 days per book see yeah seven is my ideal one book a week no mine's like one book every couple mine is like a couple books a week where i read them in one sitting would be my ideal sure all right so average grade b i was a c plus i didn't really have a very good year i gave out only four a's 12 b's 11 c's and five d's no f's at least i had a really up and down year i also gave out no f's i gave out 23 a's but i would say about three of those were actual a's i gave a lot of a minuses of like these were fine yeah we'll get into that because i don't i don't know if i even had a favorite book that i read last year um so any any months that jumped out to you i read six books in september i think when i was on paternity leave that would make sense november was a really good month for me i gave two a's and an a minus What's the what's the month you read the most pages and how many pages was that? Uh, June, I read twelve books, two thousand eight hundred and ninety three pages. Wow, two thousand what? Two thousand eight hundred ninety three oh, wow. pages. Yeah, my biggest month was that month with eighteen hundred pages. So yeah, I read twelve books in June. That was when I got out of school, and when there was a whole bunch of good book recommendations going around for yeah. Black Lives Matter and Black authors. So I read. 12 books that month. Wow. So yeah, I gave out no A's or A pluses. My A minuses were Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson, which I'm going to make you read. Oh yeah, I wanted to read that one sometime. Um, Lost Causes of Bleak Creek, which I mentioned before, and you, you've shamed me for how enthralled I was for those few days. I'm just happy that you found something <clears throat> interesting because usually you're just very blah yeah. about most books. Daisy Jones, I read very early in the year, got an yeah. A minus from me. And yeah, as you mentioned, oh no, sorry, that's it. Three, three A minuses, yeah. I gave out eight A's out of 23. Okay, well, would you, what's the, your top out um, of that, you think? I feel like I need to separate them because nonfiction and fiction are such different. For sure, yeah. Uh, so yeah. my top three nonfiction were I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one your mom recommended and I thought was fantastic. Uh, Hood Feminism, I really recommend. And The Fire Next Time, my first James Baldwin, and definitely will not be my last. Um, 
and then my, the other ones that I really liked, um, mm-hmm. Black Brother, Black Brother, which was a middle grade, um, like basically a Disney original movie sports drama Sweet. as a book. Um, a Prince on Paper was a romance one that I really liked by Alyssa Cole. Uh, the Magpie Lord you've teased me about, mm-hmm. um, but that is a good like queer supernatural romance, supernatural yep. historical queer romance. Checks all the boxes. It was great. Um, Thief's Cunning was a YA fantasy by a local author that we actually kind of know. Front of the show. We know the family. Um, Front of the family. And I really liked, uh, more than I expected to, uh, that came out wrong. I just meant it surprised me. Like, I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And then a novella made my top list as well. The Black God's Drums, mm. a very short but very good novella I gave an A. And then I had a whole bunch of A-minuses. Darius the Great Deserves Better, Boyfriend Material, The Switch, You Should See Me in a Crown, Felix Ever After, Clap When You Land, Little Family Mm -hmm. from the Desk of Zoe Washington, Pet, The Overstory. You gave Clap When You Land an A-minus? That was one you were going to adjust. I gave it an A, and I adjusted it down to an A-minus. Interesting. Freshwater, Think Mm -hmm. of England, and the Magpies. Okay, let's do what people care about, which is scroll up to that top and choose grade lowest to highest. Which books did we shit on the most? Meet Cute was my the only D I gave the entire yeah, year, and it, it was so bad. Um, Does it have like a good reputation in the yes, in the book community as like a cute, um, like modern uh, contemporary romance? I gave a D to Time War, which you can go back a couple episodes to hear about. I gave a D to York the Shadow Cipher, which that book like nearly me? nearly ruined my life. It's the one I read, I had in my <gasps> possession at the beginning the of quarantine, <laughs> and and it and I kept it in possession until like early June, and then the library said that they were going to start enforcing checkout times, and I had to find a new library where I could drop it off. It was terrible. I also gave a D to Emma, which I should have just DNF'd, but uh, we'll get into Jane Austen a little bit later, I think, as well. And I I read. A book I gave you last year, Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern, got a D-plus from me. A really odd approach to to that story. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll talk about it someday. I feel like I'm going to get podcast. flamed if I read my C's. Okay. I, some, I don't know how to flame some someone, so don't worry on about here. it. Yeah. Uh, the Bluest Eye, Toni Morrison, mm. gave a C-. Uh, beautiful writing. And the actual story was just so trigger warning heavy and so depressing that I just yeah. couldn't get into it. Little Women. God, that book almost broke me. <laughs> I read that book for months. It was like the, I was trying to finish it before the baby was born. Yeah. On and then Kindle like dragged too, yeah. into it and I was just so angry about it. Um, Between the World and Me by Tina Hazy Coates. I'm going to read really it. I'm going like. to read it soon and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, the other ones that a lot of these are like, Bookscram Darlings, mm-hmm. Cinderella is Dead. Mm. Uh, did not like that one. A lot of people really loved it. I just it. saw that on a bunch of lists. Um, running. A lot of good reviews by people. A decently captivating audiobook, but I really did not like the book in the mm-hmm. end. The Voting Booth, not yeah. great. All Boys Aren't Blue, this one, got a lot of love. Yep. And I gave it a C plus. I... Uh, a lot of these are my C category yeah. generally is either really didn't meet my expectations mm-hmm. or like really high in some categories and low in others. So like sure. beautifully written, but like crappy story right. or like addicting, but like the character's journey made no sense. Every C isn't or, created equal for you there. Yeah. It's yeah. usually like they, they did really well with some parts and really poorly with other parts or like I enjoyed it while I was reading and then looking back, it was just kind of meh. Okay. Um, 
only mostly devastated, a queer Grease retelling. Um, the romance was Grease. terrible. Grease in the movie. No, I got that. Yeah. Uh, the romance was like really problematic, but like mm-hmm. there was this beautiful like family and friendship storyline that was really good. Hmm. All boys aren't blue to come back to that one. Um, if I was like a queer teenager, that book would have been like the best thing I've ever read. Sure. Um, as so you're a, saying audience, audience, audience matters, well, and yeah. also it read like a. Have you ever read like someone's graduation speech that they made into a book? Like a famous person, yeah. like gives a speech and it beca- becomes like bookified. Sure, yeah. That's what it felt like. It mm. felt like this really great, like, um, uh, Need school to hear auditorium, it yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like storytelling thing. Sure. And when it was tried to divide up into chapters as a book, it, like, it lost something. I wish I had gotcha. done audiobook on that one because I think I would have liked it more. Mm. Um, and then there were a couple that I knew would be shitty. A couple of the Christmas books that I read. Also, the okay. Bride Test. You read a lot of books. We don't have. Yeah, you, Bride Test. You had some feelings about. Oof. Okay. You're the one who told me to go into my stats and bust out my I low enjoy grades. It. Um, so I still don't know what book we're talking about. The book that you just finished and I like stealth reread it on oh, you. Yeah. Do you want to save that? Sarah doesn't know. We can do a quick little segment here. I thought it would be quick. So yeah. uh, you wanted, you requested a quick book you could finish before the end of the year. Just I as, did. Like, I don't a little, like to have any overlap from one year to the next. Uh, I don't. Just as like a palate cleanser for you. Yeah. Um, I had... I actually think you had suggested. I'd given a couple options and you wanted a physical book. So yep. we went way back list to an old Sarah Dessen book um, called Keeping the Moon. Mm-hmm. It's one of my like medium favorites of hers. It's like that's accurate. It's like a solid reread one. Like the characters are cute and like, um, but it's not like life changing. Yeah. I think you described it as just being like too small. Yes, and normally I'm a huge fan of what Sarah Dessen does, um, which is create that kind of very cozy atmosphere in her young adult fiction, uh, specifically with the scenery, like it's taking place in a small town or a beach town or a lake um, town. There's usually like a confined time on it, like it's a summer yeah, or right. counting down to a certain deadline. Right, and in this case, yeah, I think she just took it a little too extreme, and as a result, she ends up with a 220-page book, which I think for her is on the shorter side. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, in this case, the main character is Nicole, a.k.a. Coley, um, who is, and her her backstory I found was super interesting, and that was one of my um, wishes, is that maybe the author could have extended the book a bit and gone even deeper into the backstory, whether that's you know at the beginning of the book or throughout the book, whatever. Um, so she is kind of raised by her mother, uh, and they have kind of a really tough, um, early life where they move around a lot. They don't always have a a good home. And they're very unhealthy. Unhealthy, right. Uh, specifically with their, their weight. Partially because they couldn't afford very much else. That's a common problem, especially in America, where the the cheapest food is not the healthiest food. Um, and so her mother, you know, over the course of, I assume Coley is like 16, 17 at this point in time, um, and within the last few years has become like a fitness diet guru, um, with like a whole international line of, uh, probably some snake oil, but also some motivational videos and exercise videos and stuff. Anyway, so her mom is ditching her for the summer to go on this European Tour. tour of all her stuff, um. Coley ends up at her eccentric aunt, which is a pretty standard yep. uh, fictional character, I guess. Um, and yeah, in terms of what I was saying with it being a little too cozy, you basically have the aunt's house and you have the restaurant down the street where where um, Coley like falls into a job, job you yeah. know, within minutes of arriving. 
uh, and a few travels in between and one important uh, scene on the beach. But otherwise, it's very contained I, into that. That didn't really bother me because it felt like that was true to Coley's character. Like, she didn't seem like the type of person that would just, like, go wandering to yeah. all the stores and, like, make a lot of friends and go to parties and stuff. Like, to me, it, part of the point is that she's a little bit of a recluse. Yeah. Um, partially because of some mental health issues. Sure. and um, Yeah, so that didn't really bother me. But, like, as you said it, I definitely noticed it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. My overall take on it is that, like, the the story itself is nothing like super revolutionary but there's some no. really beautiful parts of it about yeah um loving yourself which sounds really trite when you say it but the way it's yeah. put in the book is really well and kind of kind of getting over your past and yeah. like not letting your past define you um and for me just like whenever i would see you reading those books or lugging them between all of the the places that we've lived just from the covers and the titles and things i think they're all uh, rom-com, you know, all young adult romances. And in this case, uh, really the romance was like the, the C plot yeah. maybe. Yeah. You have the, uh, you have her self-confidence kind of, I think is the primary plot. And then, and then you, then have, you have, like, have her, her aunt her, and her friends. Right. I was going to say her trio, the trio of, of friends, her and the two other, uh, diner waitresses are kind of the, the highlight for me, mm-hmm. as I said in my review on book digits. The aunt stuff didn't like get wrapped up that well, but I guess... Basically, like, you can be a free spirit and not care what other people think. Yeah, and also, so. like, don't assume that other people are depressed just because they're weird. Yep. Because there was this whole, this, there, this whole assumption, this whole storyline where, like, Coley assumed that her aunt was embarrassed or was upset was when covering people said up. things. Yeah, right. And her aunt was just like, no, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, if they want to say that, that's their problem, not my yeah, problem. Yeah, she was um, I think the best thing about Sarah Destin and what maybe gets a bad rap like you said is that most of her books the primary storyline is about the main character like coming to terms with some sort of identity or flaw or perceived flaw or um, something about themselves and then there's also always some sort of family and or friend storyline and there's a romance like it's not just a straight teen romance where like they like meet cute fall in love something goes wrong fix it like that's But that to me, that that's what I expect from young adult. When I when I read Sarah J. Mass, I'm like, I do not think this is young adult. When you as in that's as if that's a common occurrence for you. <laughs> I just had a very long conversation uh, with someone on on Instagram about Sarah J. Mass. Yeah. What a hot mess that that last book was. If I was her editor, I really could have fixed yeah. her last series. Just to wrap up on Sarah Dessen, um, very appreciative that she's o- she always brings food into her books. And not just in this one, because there was talk of diet and weight and all this stuff. You know what her characters are eating. French fries, they Cheetos. They have obsessions. Yeah. She, she quick zip the um, sodas. Yeah. I enjoy that that's a, a plot element. And it's realistic for teenagers. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that was all I wanted to say. Gosh, you put so book. much pressure on me that like you're just throwing topics at me. You hate having I'm... notes. Okay, I think we should talk about the movie next and, like, work up to the, the TV series. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman, I assume. Yes. Yeah, Wonder okay. Woman, 1980, WW, 1984. Oh, man. Um, so, for some backstory, or context, more like, I liked the first Wonder Woman. I like Chris Pine. I like the, um, just empowerment of, of Wonder Woman from Can the first pause? movie. Can we pause? Because, like, everything I read online was, like, and including someone we talked to a couple days ago was like Wonder Woman number one was really good, except for what they did in the, at the end. And I don't really remember what 
happened and what what um, pissed these people well, off. Well, Jen, friend of the show, yeah. was saying what pissed her off is the personification of war. That, like, the whole point was supposed to be that, like, people are just capable of bad things. And but you then think the fact that's that that the it, point. The and villain then, ends up being a specific guy who is hiding the whole time. Yeah, like, everyone's yeah. like, there is no one guy. Like, every like p- humanity just makes bad decisions. And you're like, yeah, that's legit. And then at the very end, they're like, just kidding, there's one guy you have to defeat. Yeah, I guess I don't... I, I remember specific scenes of that movie. I don't remember its its um, kind of politics, I guess. It's not one that I would, like, intentionally choose to rewatch the whole way through, but it's a good one to watch, like, on TV, I would Ooh, say. 1984 is going down. It's down to 5.6 on IMDb, oh. which I believe was the same as Blizzard. Good lord. <laughs> um, Listen to the last Christmas podcast. It's it's worth it even now into January, folks. Um. So... The first Wonder Woman is not my favorite movie of all time, but it's a solid uh, superhero movie with, like, the ups and downs and the sacrifices and, like, the backstory female of Female star, female director, you want to support And, like, the it, backstory yeah. of her and the Amazons is, like, interesting. Yep. And, like, Chris Pine takes his shirt off sometimes. Right. Um, you have some good elf-type uh, fish-out-of-water humor yes. when she's getting acclimated. Yeah. Uh, we... You can go back and listen to our full... We did a full Wonder Woman podcast. You yes, reckon? We were in Australia. I remember going to see it. We got we went to gold class to see yes, it. Yes, we definitely talked about this in the podcast. This treat yourself. Um, it was not that much of a treat. No. <laughs> um, and hey, it was not cold, by ourselves. Cold mushrooms in the dark. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is the name of your sex tape? <laughs> um, so this movie, uh, I just thought it would be a fun thing to do for Christmas. Like many people... We have Can I just say I am very grateful that you did not actually plan our our twenty fifth around this because no. that would have been devastating. And I know a lot of people did. I know a lot of people who bought HBO for a month to watch Oof. it on Christmas Day. Yeah. So it was more of a of a oh that might be nice thing for me than it was like playing my whole holiday around it. Yeah. But like many people, we stayed home for Christmas, didn't weren't able to see any family as much as we would have liked to. So we had some extra time, and I was like, oh, I heard. That one's we got to it out. like the second or third day after Christmas. Yeah, twenty sixth yeah. or twenty seventh. I was like, "Oh, we've got some time. Let's just watch that." Whew. I had seen some bad reviews of it, so I knew it was not going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be like a bad superhero movie. Right. It was a bad movie. It was a very, a very bad movie. I think it was very poorly made. I think the script was extremely poor. Uh, the entire premise it was yes. their first mistake. It just so if you haven't seen Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and you don't care about spoilers, continue listening. Uh, yeah. The premise of it is like a wish stone or the monkey's paw, however you want to phrase right. whatever you want to call it, where it's like it grants you your deepest wish, but like you have to sacrifice something to get it. Right. So start off with Pedro Pascal looking very depressingly 80s they're gonna say very white was what you commented very white you find out later that that was part of the point was that he was trying to look a certain way right so you have him basically doing a um a retelling of wolf of wall street yeah pretty much uh and then you get the magic twist that he basically turns into a genie turned basically basically turns himself into a genie and then somehow starts inflicting like uh, like revenge on people, and he yeah. Can thinking dis- back, why, why did he have to be evil? He uses his wish to try to get rich on his oil scheme, 
he just and then somehow because the stone takes something away when you make a wish um he started just like taking things from people and wonder woman obviously gets involved she like works at the museum that he stole yeah yeah that he stole the stone from in the first place well she he stole it from through the mall scene where the very opening scene is that mall robbery right i remember watching it and the special effects and her trying to ruin the security cameras after they've already got footage of her with a thousand witnesses and the guy holds a random girl hostage over a railing for it no didn't reason. It make sense from the get-go. And I was like, huh, something is odd about this. I read a lot of people online said that they thought that it was going to be like a movie inside of a movie. Like it was so bad, like they were like yeah, filming like something. Like it was going to be a commercial for yeah. Wonder Woman or something. Uh, and then once you realize that like this was supposed to be like the big action sequence to kick off the movie, I was just like, oh boy. The, the only, I, oh I, wish, boy. I wish I had just been um, like a mini film and it had just been that scene of young Diana. Oh, right. That's the actual beginning. I was going to say. That was um, the best part of the whole movie. The Bill and Simmons podcast that uh, I listened to, it ends by saying who won the movie. And I would say the only winner of this movie is... Her name is Lily Aspel, who played young Diana. Yep. She was fucking badass. The only good part of the Doing movie. Doing the random Amazonian Olympics. So if you have HBO uh, already, yeah. watch the first 10 minutes and be like, wow, what a great film. And right. shut it off. Of like, how, how, how can you have that much... Uh, archery accuracy while on a horse and why why is that a requirement at every single turn in this race but man no it works that was the only thing that worked about the movie i sympathized it as someone who almost got decapitated by by riding on a horse <laughs> I, about I, that I and get, then that happened i get that running into a bush could be problematic okay continue so then you uh have the whole thing with chris pine which i'm still confused about so Diana's, I was like Googling during the movie, like how does, I don't get it. So Diana accidentally gives her wish. Like she doesn't know the stone is powerful, um, does she? Well, we got to talk about Kristen Wiig at some point too. She doesn't, so she doesn't really know that it's powerful. Kristen Wiig kind of is like, oh, what would you even wish for? And kind of offhand says it. And Diana just like thinks it while she's touching the stone. I don't think she actually goes like, I wish for this. Just like the guy was walking past and is like, I really want a coffee. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit offhand because Kristen Wiig claims that it's like a fake and it's not actually very valuable. So Kristen Wiig's character is the oddest in the movie, probably. (sighs) She starts off as this like nerdy um, geologist. Yeah. And then her wish is that she could be more like Diana. Yeah. And then obviously she doesn't know Diana is Wonder Woman. So she ends up with superpowers and like the power like corrupts her and makes her evil. The way you describe it sounds like really cool and like could make for a really cool storyline. No, it's not really cool. It makes no sense. She basically just like flips a switch and all of a sudden is evil and starts kicking the shit out of a homeless dude. Yes, right. Um, but it does give us, and I'll have to, someone on Twitter gets credit for it, but they point out that Kristen Wiig, one of her first scenes, she tells a homeless person to stay stay warm and then in DC, in the, the scene summer. later you're, you're told it was happening on the 4th of July in in the in almost the south anyways uh Kristen Wiig I had a lot of issues with her performance I kind of I kind of get it she doesn't have much range I guess you would say she kind of only has one mode she can play in and I she stretches a little bit in like bridesmaids and things but I strongly disagree with you oh? I don't blame Kristen Wiig at all I blame the very poor um either writing or yeah. just uh, like directing or yeah. whatever because uh, I think she 
did okay with what she was given, <laughs> but she basically has two scenes in the be- beginning where it's like, okay, be really mousy and sad. Yes. And then it's like, okay, be really drunk and seduce someone. And then it's like, okay, Be able to now walk in heels evil. now, and now you're evil. Yeah. Like, it just, uh, there was no connecting storyline. It was almost right. like she was, she didn't really have a character. She was just whatever they needed her from that scene. Yeah. So yeah, I don't right. blame Kristen Wiig. I blame the very poor either writing or directing. Whereas Pedro Pascal who you acted like I would know because I knew all these Mandalorian. We watched the entire Mandalorian. Do you ever see his face? No, but I thought you knew who he was. Um, He goes for it. Like, he doesn't hold back. No, he goes for it a lot. Yeah. Uh, once again, doing his best with what he was given. Yeah. I think he got far too much screen time. Yeah. And Kristen, like, they did not do a good job of balancing the two villains. Right. Just hearing you describe it, like, that whole storyline of, like, her kind of seeping powers from the the main hero and like them coming to battle that was the back that was like that the, should have been the on the sidelines that should yeah. have been the main storyline um so back to the chris pine thing yeah right so diana <laughs> accidentally wishes that chris pine was still alive or that she could see him again how did she phrase it yeah that she could see him again that's probably what or she said or be with him again yeah so she's at a party and a guy random guy starts talking to her and quoting lines Chase, from the first chases movie. her down at that yeah work and party. all of a sudden there's like a scene, like a 360 camera thing. And yeah. all of a sudden he's Chris Pine. Yes. And I was like, wait, is he actually Chris Pine? And when did she is realize? Is she hallucinating? Right. Can't anybody just quote shit at her? He didn't even say anything that nobody else would have known. He was just like, I wish we had more time. Uh, what song did you sing me on my birthday? Exactly. Um, so mostly birthday, of course. any sort of like romance or nostalgia I might've felt for Chris Pine was yeah. completely ruined by me being like, wait, what? Yeah. Made no sense. And then as, as you pointed out that a lot of the internet pointed out, yeah. they have sex, even though he's in a random person's body. Right. And right. To everybody else, he is a different person. There's no Correct. indication of where that other man went. Correct. And it seems like the whole ruse is just to have like a 10 minute montage of him trying on 80s clothes. Yes. Much. And also like, they, I think it was intended to be like a role reversal of the fish out of water thing from the first one. Yeah. But it was, it was Chris, written. Chris tries hard in that scene as he's like walking around, but then they're like, he's like, a what the hell is can. this? And he's like, and they're like, it's a subway. And it's like. People were getting towards subways in the 1920s, also, 1910s. Also, like, it's just a train. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that just didn't really work. And the 80s thing made no sense. I swear they went, oh, Stranger Things made it look cool. Stranger Things is yeah. popular. There was absolutely no reason it needed to be in the 80s. The other like, thing the that I saw someone in- point out, which is that, like, someone like me who, like, didn't like very many Marvel movies, including Captain Marvel, I just thought was so-so. Like, man, talk about a movie that did, like, a period nostalgia with a storyline, with a villain. Compare it to this, man. This just didn't, like, the first Wonder Woman movie had to be in the 19-whatevers because it was World War One. Sure. It there was, was no yeah. reason that this was in the 80s. Can we talk about the airplane now? That was my next that note, feeds so into go ahead. It. Right. So they are in the Smithsonian or an offshoot of it, Need I to think. get to Cairo. Suddenly need to get to Cairo because the oil oil deal is on or off they have a very weird conversation where it's like oh you probably don't have a passport this is going to explain our next scene correct right the whole ruse is about chris pine's character not having a passport so apparently it's even though i find it hard to believe that diana of 
of 180 years old or whatever she is has a legit passport yeah uh what it comes down to is diana somehow has a thought in her head what would be easier forging a passport or stealing a fucking jet from a museum (laughs) and somehow they land on stealing a jet has enough fuel to to get to cairo and back yeah but it does feed into just and then she also goes oh wait conveniently i can make things invisible sometimes Right, because there is a Smithsonian police guard who are who are intent from their uh, little flight deck up there, or their little uh, air traffic control tower, I should say, on stopping this plane. So Diana says that she has practiced the disappearing trick with a coffee cup, I think, yeah. and has has had it work to medium success. And then, so she makes it invisible, so no one can see the plane. Yep. And somehow it is still not on, it's not on the radar anymore. Right. Radar has nothing to do with whether or not the plane is visible to the naked eye. Yep. Radar is our sound waves bouncing off of it. Yes, sound waves would still be bouncing off of it even if you can't see it. Just, uh, I worked for a company which worked on air traffic control systems. The sheer thought of a plane being up there without anyone else in the world knowing where it is is absolutely terrifying. Especially a fighter jet. Um, and then they have this scene where they drive through the fireworks <laughs> and they're exploding all around them. Fireworks are just bombs. Oh, it's Independence Day is how she delivers fireworks the Fireworks are literally just bombs. They would blow up the plane. I just don't. the fact that, like, if that had set up her making something disappear in the final act of the movie, I would have at least gone, okay, that's... That's a writing decision nope. that has some logic to it. Nope. It never comes into play. It's just a deus ex machina to get rid of wow, that. Wow, wouldn't it be great if she could, if if like they could have a discussion about flying because he likes to fly. We have to remember he's right. A pilot. They bring back the quote about what he says about flying because yeah. she flies near the end. And the oh quote is awful. I'm so sick of like bad quotes being as like long this as profound it's said in a thought. Profound way, yeah, yeah, it was like flying is just floating on the air. <laughs> I don't know what the actual quote yeah. is. It's something like no, that. That's pretty much it. And they make it sound so profound. Just the fact that, um, I mean, this movie got delayed for a while, I think, due to COVID. But, like, people at the studio must have seen this from start to finish. Where they just, like, we know we'll get X number of international dollars from people who love superhero movies. Like, the script is really, really bad. One of my notes is just poor Chris Pine. And I'm not even sure, like, what that's referring yeah, I mean, to. Um I'm sure he was paid well, but... I just have a lot of, like, the special effects were bad. Yep. I'd love to know what what of this was in the comics and what of this was just... Like, did they just cherry-pick some scenes from the comics and throw it together, or did they come up with some of this? Right. I assume they went through the comics, they picked two villains out of a hat to say, let's do these two, and tried to just ham together a storyline that somehow fit them, and it, it struggled. My biggest issue with the movie mm-hmm. was the huge plot point, plot hole yeah if you were going to have a movie about genies or wishes everyone knows that like even aladdin does this where genie goes through like the rules like you can't Correct. wish for someone to fall in love with yeah. you because otherwise the movie would be over um so the whole point is that anything touching this man gets to pick a wish so there's one point where they're fighting and chris pine is touching the dude and does not wish that none of this happened no. Like, they go through these whole elaborate plans of, like, what can we do to stop him? And it's like, we have to either destroy him or we have to get everyone to renounce their wish. And it's like, Chris Pine hasn't made a wish yet. Can't you just get him to grab him and go, I wish you weren't the stone? Right. End of movie. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they then, in the last act, 
uh, try to make everything grow exponentially and every all seven billion people in the world are granted a wish. And they try to do this by saying every like the particles are touching everyone. Like the pseudoscience they used in this was ridiculous. That whole part of like the particles yeah. touch everyone. Um, that people breathing up and up where planes are really bothers me as a plot point in movies. It always does. Yeah. Because you could not breathe outside of an airplane when it's how many were thousands of miles up in the air. Yeah. Um, there's this one really bad bridge scene, a, a bridging scene oh, where they go from um, trying to explain Kristen Wiig's next like stage yeah. of being a vi- like her next villainous stage. Yeah. And she just goes, I want to be an apex predator. And the yeah. next time you see her, she's That's at Cheetah. Quote right here. Right. A, che- <laughs> a her cheetah. character name is Cheetah. Oh, but then, then you say, I want to be the fastest thing in the world. Right, you don't right, say, right. I want to be an apex predator. Cheetahs are, like, really fast. Yeah. But, like, they're not the strongest predator. They're not like a tiger. That's not what I would picture, yeah, when someone said that. And just the runtime. I think it's, like, two and a half hours. If this had been 90 minutes, I would have suffered through it and been like, eh, whatever. But, like... The fact that they filmed all this and thought that they were putting something decent together is just And then, just like, sad. the ending is still the same ending as the first movie. Ugh. Like, spoilers here. The first the first movie ends with her basically having to accept that Chris Pine is going to make a sacrifice to save the world. The second one, she has to make the same exact sacrifice <sighs> to save the world. It just... It doesn't... It's nothing new. It's the same thing. Like, one of my notes was... How is this movie so boring? I <laughs> literally so boring. was thinking, oh, she's lassoing the lightning again. Yeah. So boring. Oh, she's fighting Kristen Wiig as a cheetah. Boring. Like, in, that should in not sound boring. water that only boring. electrocutes people certain times. That it's are just, not Gal Gadot. That was a terrible, she also has a heart. dark scene that tried to also, cover up. Oh, God. They, like, planted earlier in the movie that she had these, like, magical wings. And she doesn't yeah. bust them out to the very end <laughs> after she has already... Like, lassoed lightning to get and there, she, she then need, busts the wings out. She doesn't out. need them to fly either. They actually slow her down a little bit. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then there's this whole thing about Pedro Pascal's kid. Oh, yeah. All a stare. Oh, God. <laughs> just He's only there to, like, make the ending make any sense. And even that is a stretch. Man. And then the very, very last scene is just, like, a Hallmark movie. It literally yeah. looks like they just wandered onto the set of a Hallmark yeah. movie. Yeah. I, Gal Gadot isn't like my type like I'm much more of a Margot Robbie as I've probably mentioned on the podcast before so it's not the type of thing where I'm like I'm happy to just sit and watch her for two and a half hours I'm sure she's a decent actor in the right situation but she does not sell this performance very well at all no I think if there's anyone's acting to blame in the movie I would say hers was the least inspiring to me and I know that she's supposed to be a little bit like kind of depressed at the beginning or whatever but her acting just does not do it for me the rest of the people i would i think i blame the writing directing more than anything fair enough but yeah all of this to say that i went into it with the attitude of like oh this will just be like a fun kind of movie to watch i'm not gonna get that upset about it or or like be too fussed if it's not that good and then i was like this is so bad it wasn't fun superhero bad it was just like makes no sense bad yep all right, we gotta get to the main event, babe. Oh, okay. Um, this was a lot of preamble. What's our What's our like little interlude here? What's our break? Oh man, uh, I don't know. We already did book digits. Yeah. Um, need a palate cleanser. Yeah. Oh, we still need to pick a new TV show to watch. Oof. 
I was just going to comment that we're actually talking about current things for once, which is pretty yes. impressive for well, us. Well, Keeping the Moon was a very old Yeah. Thing. But this is a movie that just came out, and the, the series, yep. I guess we can get to it. Hot off the press. The series we are going to talk about is Bridgerton. Bridgerton. The Shondaland adaptation of a Julia Quinn. I should Quinn's. have sung the song in the, in the, in the interim. <laughs> and then the catch, and, and then, then the catch, catch and then the catch and toast go round. I did a I did a lot of internet searching for catch and toast go round, and there's not much in the fandom about it. It's, <laughs> it's the only scene of Bridgerton that I watched twice People, on purpose. Like, got obsessed with um, toss a coin yes. to you. Like this is exactly the same to me. Yes, like a song that doesn't make a ton of sense is pretty repetitive and annoying. But it was it's gonna be stuck in my head again. It was stuck in my head like the entire day of that and the scene. Kitchen toast go round. I don't even it doesn't even make any sense. The catch and the toast. I don't get it. <laughs> One great thing about the show is like how it it's like a quarter attempting to be like old timey British, but like doesn't actually care about selling it completely. Anyways, let's get into it. Uh so Bridgerton is a a Regency England. I always have to look up the difference between Regency and Victorian. It's a Regency England alternative um, universe. Not really, actually. That's how I heard it described. Well, King, Queen Charlotte was a real queen. Okay. Um, kind, kind of alternative universe. Um, at least race blind universe mm-hmm. or race sure. bent universe. Yep. Um, of just your classic like Regency England Londoners, where it's like th- there's the the season. Uh, and the girls are coming out to try I, and find husbands. I never knew anything about the season or any of that crap. I am not a huge, huge romance, not this type of romance novel reader, but I've read like enough of them that I, and, and like I've seen some of the other movies, like the Pride and Prejudice adaptations and things like that, that I understood some of it. I think yeah. you were a little bit more lost with some of the the background setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you focus on two families. One of them is the Bridgertons, mm-hmm. um, which is a family with like eight kids and kind of um, their happenings with the different kids. And mm-hmm. then you have kind of the rival family, yeah. the Featheringtons, who I saw it described as the, the Featheringtons are like the Kardashians yeah. and the Bridgertons are like the Kennedys. Bridgertons are meant to be like the old, well respected, uh, old money, well respected, very like posh uh, family, and then you have the Featheringtons who are just very garish and kind of new money, don't really belong there. Bad clothes, very bad clothes, (laughs) just a little bit trashy. They're like the white trash versus like the that seems about right. uh, I don't know the nicer reputation family. Um, So. This was a very strange show in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, it was very engrossing for me. Uh, I it, I found myself like getting a little bit like fixated on the world. I wasn't about I it. wasn't engrossed, but I wasn't not engrossed. I found myself like thinking about it between episodes and like even though nothing happens in the episode, it's a it's very strange very, dynamic. Um, it's a very like immersive world. I think the world building of it was pretty yeah at first i was very put off because it feels like there's too many characters and i'm like i can't even tell the difference between a lot of the primary people there seems like there's so many background people by the time you get like halfway through it's eight episodes total so like by episode four or five you kind of figure out oh there's really only like 10 or 11 names that you need to know just that the three brothers look exactly the same yeah um anthony anthony Anthony, benedict and colin colin yep 
It does help that Tim Colin that the kids' names are A B C D E F G. It's true. Um, although I was very confused about where F was the whole season, then she shows up at the end. So this is based on a book series. Based on a book series. Um, I think one of the smartest things they did. I think they did a good job adapting this, especially seeing the author was How like. How do you know you've never read the book? From what I've read about it. What you've read about reading the book. We were just talking about how Wonder Woman did a bad job of, of like production or direction. Yeah. I think this this series did a better job in some ways. Um, the the main romance is uh, the we'll oldest daughter of the Bridgertons. And she's like uh, the the gem of the season. They use, they use a lot of uh, repetitive phrasing. If I right. heard the mamas and the ton yes, one more right. time. I was starting like, to talk about some of the the linguistics of it and yeah, I don't I didn't know that anyone in old Britain would say mama like that. I don't think they would say it eighteen times a day. Right. Um it just mama and the ton over the and tongue, over. Yeah. Um I think they they chose certain like old That's time Britishisms yeah. to, to stick to because sometimes yeah. they had the cadence of like a Shakespearean conversation and other times it seemed very modern. Correct. So they, they didn't, they weren't super consistent with that. No. Um, so you have this main storyline of Daphne, the, the oldest Bridgerton daughter. And we'll get back to that because I have a lot to say about that. Good. But uh, that's like the, from what I understood understand that's the main Based on the title focus. of the first book the title yeah. of the first book i spent a lot of time having the family tree of this book series yeah coming from a, a person who's like why would you need a family tree when reading a book um yeah for this i very much needed a family tree so i kept pulling up the family tree because there are eight books in this series one for each of the bridgerton children plus there's like some extra novellas <sighs> and shit um so i kept pulling up the family tree to be like which sibling is which and like wh- which one marries whom and whatever um so the from my understanding the first book is literally called the duke and i so it's all about daphne and the duke um a lot of the other storylines from this tv series were either very minor things or were not even in the book hmm. um which I, I was trying to say i thought was a good choice um especially the narration the the gossip girl style narration yeah you you like that i wasn't a huge i fan. liked it because it helped me know which characters were which and what was going on i thought it was a smart way to have a voiceover without having each character do a voiceover yeah i didn't find it that interesting it didn't add a lot for me one of my biggest disappointments in the show is that you like you said it's it covers two main families and i expected that you would get some sort of other view from someone else in this world, someone not at their elevated status of money. And instead it is really just uh, a study of these two wealthy families or at one, at one point wealthy. Yeah. Um, I just don't get what, like people, people eat this shit up. Regency romance. Is yeah. it just, is it the royal element of it? Is it the... Partially the royal element. It's partially the, like, it, it's basically fantastical at this point because it's so far yeah. removed from our societal norms. Like Greek gods at this point. Yeah. And also it's the the pining. The pining? The pe- that people like that it's like this really slow, like, that they... they... Right. So can we start talking about love? <sighs> sure, First of all, I'll say, I believe the very opening scene of the whole show is a mother pulling a corset tight 
Which, like, seems to me like the most cliche thing you could possibly do. I thought you were going to say could the, do without that. the opening scene was the eldest brother just fucking a girl against a tree in a field. Not enough sex in the early episodes to hook someone like me who is a doubter of the genre. too much sex in one of the other episodes, which is just a full-on porno. Correct. You've got to find a way to balance that. Like, I'll, like, this show is very similar to Game of Thrones, I feel like, in terms of, like, the dialogue scenes and the way the characters banter with each other with some occasional sex but yeah. i don't know anyways um so as you said daphne is the crown jewel whatever the fuck she's called and the diamond she so it let me let me just try to explain this to myself okay. and and the listeners can learn alongside me so her family has a dowry Every family has right. A Every dowry family has a dowry. Girls. So Daphne, Daphne's family will give whoever marries her money. Is the basic premise of the dowry system? Yes. Because she, then, like the, the the person who marries her, mm-hmm. then has to take care of her for the rest of her life. So correct. It's, it's you're yeah. basically selling her off. Yeah. Wait, selling her off, but they get money. So yeah, it's not a normal transaction. The person buying her is also getting the money. It's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, not important because her dowry isn't actually important. So her job is to go to these balls and try to attract men who come to the house, talk to the butlers, and then they occasionally go out for a walk or well, a slow horse ride. The men are wealthy as well. Like yeah. she's trying to get a wealthy husband who's from a good family yeah. so that it makes her family look good. Right. And was she the one involved in, like, the dweeby guy at the beginning who gets beat up twice? Yes. Totally forgot about that storyline. He was such an annoying character. Well, that ends up being the whole point with the Duke. Yeah. So she uh, has all these suitors, and then her older brother's being a dick and, like, send like drives a lot of them away. Oh, Anthony, She's my God. only left with this, like, super sketchy dude who, when she rejects him... Uh, he, like, tries to assault her, and that's where the Duke comes into play, because yeah. the Duke um, saves and her. And your eyes light up because you smelled the fake dating coming from a mile away. I love a fake dating storyline. That makes sense, and this one does not. Let me explain uh, it to the people. I think it makes sense. I don't think it worked for me. I don't think I don't it was think that it fun makes to sense. watch. So, right, so Daphne's brother... Now, his father, their father is dead, so he's, like, the head of the family. But he has a lot of strange power over her life, which just makes things significantly worse. Anyways, Daphne's in a tricky position. She seems to be the favorite of everyone, but she doesn't have any viable suitors. And so the Duke offers that they will become fake dating, which will then attract more people... To court her. Yes, because... I don't buy that at all. In a society where everything is so prim and proper and you can't even kiss on the cheek, you're telling me it's it's kosher to be, hold, be holding hands with one guy and having other men come up yes, and try like, to date you? Yes, it's like the she's all that storyline. Like, it makes her popular by prox... By- proximity i get that in high school i don't get it in this scenario because people everyone is just grabbing for power so by having the duke chase after her she's worthy of the duke who is a lot higher than all the other like lords or whatever i'm just saying i feel like everyone else would be like 
we have to follow the customs, which is to let... She's clearly chosen him, at least for a little while, so we have to stand the back. The point was to have them uh, court each other and then him leave, and then, the, and then everyone else be like, oh, she was good enough for the Duke, so that That would have made sense, but the way they presented it was that while no, they were it. fake dating, other men were coming to the house. That she would get attention from them. None of them were going to propose to her. Not important. It kind of is then important. Then the prince shows up. Yeah. Who is played by the guy from Unreal. Freddie Stroma. Who I assume is actually British, but puts on a somewhat Russian accent? Prussia. Prussian. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. I was expecting there to be a big scandal with the prince, because oh usually what God. happens, I've watched enough Rain, the TV series. I was going to say, Rain, I feel like, is more watchable than this. Well, that's because Rain that's was That's what really I thought this soapy. was going to be. Rain yeah. was a really CW teen drama. Right. This was meant to be more Game of Thrones mature drama. Mm. Um, so... I've watched enough like Rain to know that usually like the perfect prince has some sort of weird right. baggage. Like there's a reason that nobody prince from afar. nobody wants him in his own country. But the queen herself is trying to make this happen. In this case, the prince was perfectly lovely. Good lord, and Daphne. she should have just picked the fucking prince. Take the fucking prince. And usually, I'm all about a fake dating and like a pining and like I just but at didn't that buy point it. in the plot. He was gone. The Duke the was du- gone. The Duke and Daphne, they have sexual chemistry, which you see in like episodes six and seven. Except. They don't have flirting chemistry. They just don't have it. she looks 12. I understand. You're really unsettled by that. I understand yes. that like that was the reality back in this time was that like it was literally like 16, 17, 18 year old so girls who were like out. So they were looking for an actor of age, a British actor who could play younger probably. Yes. Um, but the fact that she just looked so prepubescent to me was like really <laughs> disturbing how many sex scenes she eventually had and like how she was supposed to be seen as an adult even though she looked like she would still be in high school. I the struggled Duke, with the that. The Duke was very um, beautiful when he took his shirt off. He was the right man for the role in that in that sense. Yes, he had the right abs for the role. I felt like I would have loved to see him play Hamlet or some Shakespearean yes. character. I'm not sure he, he's like, a great TV actor. He overacted the drama and did a lot of eyebrow acting. Yeah. Um, I think he would be a good stage actor, yeah. like you said, more than... Thanks. He was just... He was fine. Um, anyways, so there's a couple things I need to talk through. So okay. one of them is going to be about the Duke's backstory, which okay. is just everything. Um, what was the other one going to be? Oh, and the figuring out where babies come from. So which one should I do first? I thought you were going to talk about the gay sex or lack thereof, because that was a, a, something you struggled with, too. I struggled with that? I have a quote that I wrote down. Can we get some gay sex, please? <laughs> I did say you that. You said that. I did say that. So uh, eventually in the later episodes of the show, you start to get a little bit more in development of the other brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them Tim goes Colin. and... Benedict goes and like joins the second brother goes and like joins an artist commune where they have yeah. a lot of orgies it seems like and then there's a whole like side 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 storyline about his artist friend is gay or I think that they all could or be bisexual, bisexual. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah spectrum, said, can we please get some gay sex I did say that yeah I think that covers that topic so then while we're on the topic of sex you are led to believe that these Why girls... Why are you so shocked by this? I think it, it makes perfect sense, honestly. Okay, Go ahead. so when we read when we read Sarah J. Mass and I say this is too much sex for young people, and then when we watch this and young people have no idea what the fuck yeah, a yeah, vagina is... Young people all 200 of years ago. Young people like 200 years ago. Okay. I buy that they are very uptight 
and are not don't have sex ed because they don't even go to real school probably. But I think you are vastly <sighs> overestimating the sexual education level of most people in the world today. I think because I don't know. I think so. At Boy Scout camp in like second grade, someone told me a joke about uh, a snake in a bush, and I I put two and two together. I knew people in high school who didn't know that women ha- peed out of a different hole than babies come out. Oh, we'll of. get we'll talk about the holes very shortly. Um, so it's focused primarily on the Bridgertons that their mother has kept all They've all been very clues sheltered. about reproduction. To them. Yes, very sheltered. That's the word I was trying to say. My biggest issue was with the character of Eloise, who is a very fun character. I felt she was often a stand-in for Jane Austen because yeah. she was the one who was like, I don't fit in in this world. I want to be reading and writing. Mostly and... I was just like, it's going to be real awkward in the, in like season four when she gets married because the whole point, that her whole character is about mm-hmm. how she never wants to get married. Right. Anyways. Okay. Um, you seem to know a lot about books for someone who hasn't read any of the books. I looked at that family tree for a long time. Um, so Eloise is supposed to, is pretty much presented as like the scholar of the family. True or false? Mm -hmm. Very well read. She like wants to be a spinster, which is really not. Sure. Uh, acceptable in that time. Right. But in the, in the episode where the Bridgerton girls are trying to figure out where babies come from, she is like leading the charge. And I just felt like that was really uh, unintentional comedy for me because it was like, you're telling me she she can't even have a theory about how it works? It was like almost slapstick humor, the way they were trying to be like, wait, what happens when you're married? What, 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 how does, does the baby just show up after that? Is there a stork I was ready for them to say? I actually, it didn't bother me. And I mostly, I found it very sad. Hmm. Um, I found it like just very um showing how sheltered they were in a bad way that like women aren't trusted to know anything about the world and that they have to be kept in such a bubble that they can't even know things about their own body i'm sure that's what they were going for like i said it just it became humorous to me which i don't think was the full desired effect no and i, I think that is a little and bit of the daphne, male perspective man, maybe. daphne stretches it out like she's having coitus active coitus quite a bit and she still hasn't figured everything and out. they really make a point to show where he is finishing after every single okay so now we have to talk about the duke the duke and i yeah there's only there's only one episode with true flashbacks as far as i'm i don't know what how i finished that sentence as far as i know um they occur i think in episode two or three and they're about the duke Telling you his backstory because he's kind of a showing mysterious you his, figure. Showing you his backstory when it very easily could have been told in just a couple sentences and I would have believed it. I think it would have worked better if it had been said as like an offhand comment. Yeah. So you are shown his birth where his father, I assume was a duke as well. That's the whole point. Yes. Uh, is Is excited for his first child to be born. He's not paying a lot of attention to his wife during childbirth, trusting the doctors to get the baby out. He only cares about finding out the gender when it comes super out. Super triggering, the by the way. The, this scene was not handled super tactfully, and I think that was the point, was that it was meant to be like the women didn't matter. Yeah. But as a person who has given birth, I was very triggered by the scene and did not like it. Yeah, so anyways, he finds out that it's a son. He takes the baby away. The wife dies minutes later, 
without the husband seeming to even acknowledge. And she never gets to hold the baby. That's never the gets part to that hold really the baby. got. Yeah. So that whole scene is basically just to tell you that the dad is a dick. Okay. There's been a lot of dick dads in in movies and tv over the years i'm not sure that was the most nuanced you then spend the next like about half of the entire next episode with multiple flashbacks about how he continues to be a dick oh i think it's the same episode yeah i'm saying the right yeah yeah. oh gotcha yeah right because young duke has a stutter which i'm sure is a very debilitating thing for the person suffering it about it the king and i Right, and can be challenging for the family and the people around it. Okay, totally totally get it. But the father uses that, dis- is it a disability? Speech, speech impediment to, again, illustrate what a dick he is. And he basically writes off his son and more or less says, I want nothing to do with you because you stutter. Once again... <laughs> after the nuance of this is being a little bit lost after on you. the whole wait i'm screwing it up you're saying i'm just saying like the nuance of it like like he the whole point is that the dad is so just focused on the appearances and carrying yeah. on their like good reputation as no, a i was just gonna get to that yeah right it's clear that the only thing this guy cares about is the male air line now the thing is is that you're stuck with the first male air you get as long as he's alive if the father tried to kill him off or something and get a different male heir, okay, that would have been a really dark storyline, but I would have understood... But that he had no other wife. Correct. Anyways, the Duke, the young Duke, is the old Duke's only option for continuing Literally, his life. Yeah. So it does not make sense that he would be so evil towards him if his only priority is to carry on respect, money, and everything through his line. Even if he doesn't like his son, even if he thinks his son is stupid he would still like treat he would still keep him as a son i don't think so i think Hmm. well i don't know i think he's just it was meant to just be that he was so he was not concerned about the son as a person and only concerned about how it would look for other people and it would make him seem weak if his son wasn't perfect so i think the point was less that he didn't want his son alive and was more that he didn't want anyone to see his son because he didn't want it to like reflect poorly on the family, which is just as problematic and just as yeah. dickish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fair enough. So all of this to lead to the I think it's the end of an episode, the final flashback. The father is on his deathbed. The Duke, the young Duke, goes to visit him. The father, I don't think he really tries to apologize. No, I don't know what his final words are, but the Duke's final words to him are that I will never ever get married and have a child because I want our line family line to die with yeah. me. Okay, emotional punch there for sure. You're basically telling the man everything you cared about your entire life. I'm, I'm in charge now. I can screw yeah, it Yeah, because you were such a dick to me. Fair enough. Power play. The man dies, though. He, unless he is a ghost, and they did not introduce ghosts <laughs> into this world. Like three, ep- There's three episodes of angst about this. Correct. Right. So the whole idea is that the Duke refuses to get married and have a child because he made a vow... To himself, really, yeah. and to his dying father. It just makes me think of that Hamilton line, like, you made a uh, you made a treaty with the king whose head is now in a basket. Would you like to take me to take it out and ask it? Exactly. Whatever. So all of the Duke's decisions from there on out Do with Daphne... Do whatever you want, I'm fucking dead, is, is yeah. the line on Hamilton. Right, right, right. Yeah. And all of the Duke's decisions from there on out 
are tied back to this vow, which has no, like, he didn't sign anything. He did not, no one else in the entire universe knows about it. They didn't have therapy back then, honey. I know. He needed some serious therapy. My bigger issue was that they make this whole point to show how, like, the mom was this lovely lady and she was, like, pushed aside and nobody cared that she died. And then the Duke somehow doesn't, like, put two and two together that he let, it's not really his dad, his dad didn't really make any sacrifices. It's his mom who sacrificed literally her life to, to make sure that there was a male heir. So, like, to me, I guess it's probably not obvious to you in, uh, if you were that person, because when you're that obsessed with someone who doesn't care about you. Sure. But to me, as he was an adult, I was like, people always talk about how great his mom was. Wouldn't a way to think of it be like, well, I need to honor my mother's sacrifice and be more like my mother and less like my father. Like to take the thing that he loved so much and change it in a positive way, like give away all our money. That's like, what I came to the other night thinking about it. Abdicating would have been the thing to do. Give up your title. The, well, the dad cared then, about like, the title. like a random cousin or something gets the title. The title doesn't disappear. That's I'm fine. saying like run the land the exact opposite of the way your dad yeah. would want them run. If you wanted them taxed triplicate, like give the peasants their land back. Like yeah. do things that would have pissed off your father while still being being happy and being your own Correct, person right. there were other ways and he had it seems like he had lived with this vow for many a year so he should have realized that he'd probably fall in love at some point and have needed to have a backup well, that's plan. why he was a rake they just kept telling us oh not God. showing us that he was a rake that's where you needed some flashbacks you needed some flashbacks yeah. about like women breaking his heart in the past or something like that Ugh. you didn't need 18 different flashbacks to say that his dad was a all dick. of this to get to my primary thesis of this show which is that if the Duke simply convinces Daphne that butt sex is the only sex. Everyone's issue and is solved. it's just like, why aren't we having babies? I don't know. Everyone's issue is solved. I mean, your really uh, primary objective is if there was just sex ed, none of this would have happened. Sure. Um, you seem to have cared a lot more about the Daphne and Duke storyline than I did. Mm. I did not care about their storyline. It was, yeah, it was I, um, Which I usually enjoy an occasional like regency type romance especially like enemies to lovers kind of thing like they hate each other first and then there was fake dating like those are all tropes that i very much enjoy in a book or a movie i was like bored by their storyline i was like daphne you should have taken up with the prince i don't understand why you didn't like you the whole point was that you had this duty to your family so just marry the fucking prince and be a princess uh the duke like they did not convince me i guess and no. i don't know how much of that was just my my prejudice against daphne from the beginning when i was like she looks 14 i can't not i cannot really buy her as like a sexual lead of the show yeah but to me like i the amount of thought you put into all the stuff you just said mm. like i didn't even care enough to do that much thinking about the two of them it just felt like they took for granted that because they looked at each other a couple times and met in those terrible garden scenes that the Daphne audience girl, would be stop like going into the garden. How many times do you get in trouble in the fucking garden? At least take someone with you. I just felt like they took for granted that because Daphne turned down the prince that like whoever she went to would would be like uh, an amazing romance. And then they really dragged out like the misunderstandings between the two of them. Yeah. Like it really should have just been if they if they wanted that much of it to be Daphne and the Duke, it should have just been a movie. Yeah. Um, instead of making it eight hours. Right. Because yeah, it's basically an eight hour movie. Yeah. So if they just ways. wanted Daphne and the Duke, they could have made a succinct like hour and a half, two hour movie. This is not a tight short podcast. I take full, full um, responsibility. 
That being said, I enjoyed other aspects of the show a lot more than the Daphne and the Duke part. To me, mm. as we kept watching, I was treating them as almost like the secondary characters. I was much more invested in Penelope and Eloise. Um, I didn't really care that much about Anthony and his opera singer, but no. I like Colin and the con- Colin Penelope Marina, Marina is like like love triangle is the sneaky the yeah, most important story. Marina's line. like apparently in the books from what I read is like an off page kind of character. Like there's uh-huh. a brief mention of something that happens to her, and she's mm-hmm. supposed to be related to the Bridgertons, not the Featheringtons. Right. For context, um, she shows up. She's like a cousin's daughter or something. And she gets the pregnancy storyline, yeah. which the uh, out of wedlock so, pregnancy. So, yeah, I found myself just kind of um, not paying that much attention to the Daphne and Duke storylines and, like, waiting for the other storylines to come back. Yeah. Um, I did not care that much about the gambling storyline. Um, I was all about Mr. Featherington and figuring out how he was going to get out of his tricky situation. So, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about the ending because I think that does ruin a few things. Um I was, like, okay with the ending. I know you really did not like the, the reveal at the end. Of Lady Whistledown? Whistledown? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not buying it. Um, I kind of bought it. I bought who it was because that had been my guess earlier on, but I did not buy the specific situation in which they reveal but her. I called the one which was the first reveal. Yeah. The, the either red herring or just, mm. like... I, I think know. it still would have made makes most sense if they reveal that it's a team of people. I still think that's going like yeah. I still think that's going to be the reveal like in the second season. Hmm. You said you're like done, done, done. Yeah, I think I'm signing off um, at this point. I as much as we just bitched about it, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good like escapist kind of show. Um, not a lot happens once you get used to the characters. There's not that much to follow. And I really liked, like, the, the world building of it. Um, the sets were really beautiful and really extensive. Um, expensive music. also. The, the music was interesting because mm-hmm. they had, um, like, modern... It reminded me a little bit of um, A Knight's Tale, mm-hmm. where they have, like, modern background music to, like, a right. medieval type of story. So uh, they would have, like, classical music, except it would be, like, a Shawn Mendes song. Yeah. Um, Jen, friend of the show, yeah. was very upset. Oh, don't get her started on the waltz. About the waltzes and how none of them, number one, waltzes were not allowed invented. at that time, not yeah. even invented. <laughs> and number two, about how they kept calling it things was waltzes. Fucking four, four, she that said. were not waltzes. Uh, the historical accuracy of that side of it. Uh, I don't know enough about yeah. music in the 1800s, but uh, apparently there was some inaccuracies there. Yeah. Uh, for me my main complaints were just that I I wish I did, but I just really did not buy Daphne and the Duke enough to like be 100% invested in it. Um, and I just struggled with their storylines, even though it should have been things that, that are right in my wheelhouse. So I enjoyed the show overall. I found myself like looking forward to watching it. Some of the episodes were a little draggy. Um, it was not super tight, as you said. Yeah. However, I will definitely be watching season two. I don't think I'm going to stoop to read the books. I'd appreciate that if you didn't. Um, someone on Instagram did a nice, uh, very short reviews of the books being like, skip this one, skip this one. This one's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I think I have a long enough to read list without adding these yeah. to it. Um, but I will definitely be watching season two. I just may need a new buddy to watch it with because I think... More than anything, this show made me grateful that even during quarantine, I lived during modern times. (laughs) 
I just, yeah, the the only way I got sympathy to anyone in this show was just seeing how fucking boring their lives were. Yeah, that all they could do was play the pianoforte yeah. and go for walks and supervised walks in the garden, and that yeah. was that. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was their whole life. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was a lot of criticism to say that I enjoyed this kind of trashy mess of a, a historical romance show, and you, like, suffered through it. Yes, that's accurate. Uh, and had a lot of critiques of it. Um, if you like any sort of period pieces uh, or any sort of like Regency, Victorian, England kind of things, um, you'll probably enjoy this. Or if you don't know where babies come from. <laughs> I don't know if they would enjoy that. Maybe they would also be confused. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's our like relevant, how hip are we that we like binged wow. it when everyone else binged well, it. Well, who knows? It's, it's, you don't even know when it came, when it came out. It came out on Christmas Day. Oh well, yeah, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're like hip to the times for once. Okay. All of that is going to change once we both go back to work, particularly yeah. when I go back to work. Um, so enjoy this very long episode. Savor it. Yeah. Because um, who knows when we'll be back with anything relevant. Well said. My only one, I only have one upcoming, upcoming. thing. Um, Megan Whalen Turner, The Thief. Yes. Is going to be a Disney Plus movie. Uh huh. I think that would be a pretty good movie. Live action? Yes. Hmm. Um, Elizabeth, friend of the show, is upset that it's not going to be animated. She thought it would always make a, she always thought it would good, make a good animated yeah. series, which I kind of agree with. Um, but I don't know if we'll have Disney Plus around for say, that long. Bennett, Bennett's streaming update of the week. I scrolled through Disney Plus for a good 20, 25 minutes the other day. Did not press play on anything. Disney Plus is really one that needs a just play something. Yeah. Channel. All I wanted was like, yeah, a random uh, like Disney, animated Disney film. original. There should be like a Disney cartoons channel and a Disney original yep. series. Man, that's all we need. Channel, and that would be much better. Okay, peeps. So we'll wrap it up on that. Um, here's to 2021 being. And then the catch. A little and bit better catch. than 2020. And then the catching toes go around. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. Thanks Peace for listening. Peace out.